Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story all about firing somebody. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, sit and look pretty instead of doing actual work? Okay. For the sake of clarity, I'm going to say I work in an industry which is similar to warehousing, same logic in the grand scheme of things. In my branch and several surrounding branches, there are only two staff members to keep the place running, so we all have casual uniforms. Just a polo shirt and appropriate pants and footwear. I mainly do administration work and have a team member who works in the back end of things, but I'm capable and willing to jump outside when required of me. Examples of me needing to work in the back would be if we have a huge rush or if I need to send my teammate to help at another branch or out on the road to collect stock and I have to fill in for him while he's gone. It's a pretty good setup because working outside really breaks up the monotony of being stuck at a desk all day. And it's easy enough to do both parts of the job when I need to. Some genius in the head office decided he wanted to change the uniform for any and all admin staff to something a little more corporate and dressy. I can only describe this uniform as a three-piece suit made with the heaviest fabrics known to man. Suddenly, I've gone from wearing a polo shirt, which is comfortable and easy to move around in, to wearing a white long-sleeved business shirt with a vest, jacket, and neckerchief, complete with a skirt, stockings, and a slight heel. I straight up look like a flight attendant working in an industrial warehouse, and can barely lift my arms high enough to hold my steering wheel on the drive to work. It was a poorly designed uniform, and I was so incredibly uncomfortable wearing it, I was very quick to voice my anger. I first mentioned how it's unfair, borderline cruel, to expect staff to wear such a thick and layered uniform when we live in Australia, particularly in a place known for our consistent high temperatures and harsh sun. I then asked how I would be expected to leave the desk to operate machinery and do heavy lifting in a skirt, suit, and heels. I was met with the promise that anyone working in admin and wearing a corporate uniform would not have to leave their desk to do any back-end work at all. I raised another concern, stating that we didn't have enough staff for them to make this particular promise and still maintain our quality of work and hit our deadlines and was met with a strong guarantee that I would not have to do any physical work in my day-to-day operations. I was all but ordered to sit at the desk and look appealing for clients and never move from there. Okay then, no problem. From that point onwards, I followed their instructions. I never left my desk. There would suddenly be long wait times for orders and fulfillments because my team member was on the road on a job and there was no one on site to continue his work until he got back. If my team member called in sick, I would spend the day pushing back deadlines with clients, which affected our targets and our reputation. Funnily enough, my teammate only started getting sick because I had to have the office aircon on freezing temperatures so I wouldn't get heat stroke at my desk. I was honest with clients who had complaints and explained that I would usually step in to help make sure their needs were met, but was specifically instructed not to anymore and then redirected their complaints through to customer service and head office. After a few months of this, I was invited to a meeting with three of my direct managers and an HR representative. They were clearly upset about the drop in productivity and the amount of complaints we were receiving. I let them all say their piece before reminding them I raised these concerns to them months ago, 
and was merely following instruction given to me which were abundantly clear that I was to take care of Adam and work at my desk and do nothing else. I let them know my hands were tied, so all I could do was look pretty and placate clients when we inevitably couldn't meet their needs as promised. I suggested hiring more warehousing staff to fill in the gaps left by the admin staff who were now chained to their desk by their uniform and unable to ease the pressure of the workload like we used to do. I could see that comment definitely hit them right where I wanted it to and they couldn't argue with me for following their instructions, so I was told they would get back to me on a solution moving forward. Well, here I am at work two weeks later, typing this post while wearing my old polo shirt uniform. I was fully prepared to find another job if their solution wasn't reasonable, and maybe I still will look to leave this place, but I'll take the win for now. I'm still stuck on the fact that OP said, the coworker is getting sick because they had to turn the aircon up. Is it really true that if you're in a place that has like cold air conditioning going, you're more susceptible to getting sick? I've always thought that was just kind of like a myth. You know, like the whole, don't get your hair wet while it's cold outside, you're gonna get sick. Is there truth to that? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, sit in my chair if you dare. Okay. So I want to provide a bit of context here for the dear readers of my post. I'm a 15-year-old male from India, studying in 10th grade. I'm by no means better in all aspects, but certainly better than average in studying, as I've been a topper of my class for the past two years, but I suck at sports. I've been told by many that I have a bold voice and that I do make good use of it. The quality of mine has a big disadvantage, that is, reading out aloud in the class. I would also like to mention that my mother teaches English in the same school I study in. She mainly teaches 9th and 10th teachers. Now comes Mrs. Grinch. To imagine her face, imagine Willem Dafoe pulling off the biggest Grinch smile possible and then change the color and gender. Mrs. Grinch is really short, around 4 foot 6 and around 65 to 67 years old. Mrs. Grinch is the type of person to order a pizza and then complain about the cheese. She likes to believe that she's the most educated, knowledgeable, and most righteous person on planet Earth. You get the idea. Mrs. Grinch is my 9th and 10th grade history teacher and, well, to say the least, she and I have quite a history together. Since my mother is her colleague, she landed upon the conclusion that I'm her personal butler and slave. She is the most annoying and horrendous person I know of. According to her, I am your teacher and your mother is younger than me, so you need to obey everything I command you to. Yeah, those are her actual words. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
For her, I'm required to read just as she wants me to, be ready to provide a book for her, arrange pencils for her in class, answer all the questions, help her make the examination papers of my grade, thankfully not history, it's an optional subject, economics and I study computer, and then allow her to berate me in front of everyone for really petty reasons such as drinking water. One of her main characteristics is to not know an actual freak about what she's teaching. So she's very often wrong, and I like to point it out. On one faithful day, however, I lost it. Who could listen to their parents getting berated in front of 32 other students? She kept going on about, If you think you're better than me, then come and sit in my chair. After every calculation I made in my head, I came to the conclusion, Would it hurt me 10 years later if I do comply to her? The answer was a solid no. While she kept on going with that petty mouth of hers, I got up, picked up my water bottle, drank a dramatic sip, went up to her and sat in her chair. The whole class erupted. When I say erupted, I mean it. Howls and screams kept going on about how the petty bench had been defeated and that I won again. All while I was watching it while sitting on her chair. Her face was the reddest it has ever been and was finally out of her butt. The period ended right then and she had the biggest walk of shame on her way out. Well, I did get a near full by the principal, but it was completely worth it. See, I don't even understand why OP really can get an earful from the principal on this one. She said a very subjective statement. If you think you're better than me, then sit in my chair. Well, how can you yell at a kid for subjectively saying, yeah, I think I am better than this teacher? What is the principal yelling? No, the teacher is better than you and you can't sit in her chair. You're just mid. Our next story is, five minutes late is inexcusable? This was from my first job in a family-run SME, where the husband was the director and the wife was the GM. It was a very toxic workplace, and I'm very thankful I left the job five years ago now. I dreaded every single day at that company. As it was my first job, naturally I tried to work harder and worked late into the night, without any overtime compensation very often. A little bit of background, I'm not a morning person, but I don't mind working late usually. One time we were working on a project and I was trying to prepare everything ahead of time. My official working hours were 9 to 6, but I usually find myself getting dinner and going home around 11 plus. Those few days, I started to report for work a little late, about 5 to 10 minutes past 9. And my boss, the director, called me into the room and gave me flack for it. Cue the malicious compliance. If the working hours meant so much to him, I should adhere to it strictly. From that day onwards, I stopped staying late past office hours and worked strictly from 9 to 6. He clearly notices it because he called me into his room for a chat a week later and told me he noticed that I've been going home early recently. I told him I've just been on time. He couldn't do anything to me because I've been delivering results. The day I threw in my resignation letter, he called me into the office for an awkward conversation. He says, have a seat, fiddles with resignation letter on his desk. I sit down with a very happy expression. Ten minutes of awkward silence. They say, so there's nothing I can do to make you stay? I said, nope. Ten minutes of awkward silence. Just know that if you want to come back to this company anytime, we will have the door open for you. I said, okay. Ten minutes of awkward silence. That is all. Time and time again, there are these employees who are literal rock stars at their job doing great work and they nickel and dime you over the 5 or 10 minutes you show up late while you're working so much overtime. 
It just goes to show that even when you go above and beyond, sometimes people just aren't going to respect it enough until you're gone. Our next story is, put the balls back? Okay. I'm going to start by saying yes, we did go into property that wasn't ours and taking things that weren't ours, but a deal could have been made to make everyone happy. When I was like 10, my dad took my brothers and I out to a golf course to search for golf balls. This course sits right along a highway outside of town a bit, and in particular had a thick tree line separating the highway from some key holes. We've played there several times over the years and knew from personal experience how many balls would get lost into those trees. We parked on the highway and with plastic bags in hand made our way down the embankment into the tree line. We started slowly finding balls but then it really picked up. We had hundreds of golf balls by the time it started to get dark, each of us with two to three grocery bags full of golf balls. We finally crept out of the trees back towards the car where a woman stood. My dad being as polite as he can greeted the woman who then let us know her sister owned the golf course and that we were trespassing. Yep, we were. My dad reasoned we could split the bills and give half to the clubhouse, golf course, or offer them up to the clubhouse for a quarter each or so. The clubhouse can then give them a wash and resell them for one to two dollars. The woman did not like this. She did her best to scare us into handing the balls over, but my dad wasn't that type of person. After threats to call the police, she insisted that we can either give the balls to the clubhouse or you can put them back. Okay. Go on, boys, let's put these balls back. As he threw the first ball deep into the trees, we all joined in. For a good five minutes straight, we stood on the side of the highway with cars passing by, hucking golf balls as far as we could into the tree line. I can't remember exactly, but as we were wrapping up, my dad was suddenly in a hurry to get out of there. She probably called the cops, I'm guessing. We swiftly hopped into the car with our pockets stuffed of Pro V1s, the number one ball in golf, and made off into the night. Again, we were doing something we had no right to do, just could have gone another way that would benefit everybody. When I was younger, I actually lived near a golf course, and this golf course definitely had patches of property, or not even part of the golf course's property, that had a tree line that was pretty rough and nasty looking, you know, lots of leaves built up. And as a kid, I would just go through there all the time and pick up all these golf balls. I had like a giant container just filled with golf balls that for years we didn't even do anything with. It was just kind of a fun hobby because it was like hit all the way out of the golf course way off to the side. Our next story is fire this person that doesn't work here because they can't help me. Hey everyone, got a short but sweet little story for you from the other day. So I was shopping in my city and went into a small business store there that I like to get my dice and tabletop games at. I frequent the store pretty often and have become acquainted with the owner. We chat during my visits and as I'm one of those, I put the items back on the shelf after I'm done looking at them type of person, it is understandable that this lady might have confused me with an employee. Quick info, the owner only has one employee who wasn't in that day and the store isn't too big easily manageable for one person alone, no uniform, just name tags. Following conversation ensues. Lady says, I'm looking for game, I don't remember exactly. I said, I don't think they have it here, but the lady cuts me off. Then where can I get it? I said, sorry, I don't know, but how can you not know? Do your job and tell me. The owner joins us due to the commotion. Sorry, is there a problem? The lady says, are you the manager? Your employee here refuses to tell me where I can find game. You should fire them. 
The owner looks at me, smirks, in the best customer care voice says, OP, you are hired. The lady's confused and me catching on, I said, oh, cool, thanks. The owner said, you refused to help this lady? I said, sure did. He said, you're fired. Ah, dang. The owner to the lady said, now what did you need again? Never seen someone look that much like a fish and then huff and puff out of a store. Honestly, one of the best encounters of my life. Thanks for eating. Hope you enjoyed. Honestly, going forward, it would definitely be my primary game store as well because that owner sounds like a joy to be around. I just love being around people who are that quick, but also so like polite and harmless about it too. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.